Hi, I'm Nina Endurst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. On this episode, Anna and I discuss avoidance. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. I'm thinking because I had a bowl of split pea soup today and enjoyed it that I'm officially an adult as a soup. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's, there's only one vegetable I really have it out for, and it's peas. Not into it. I love peas, man. Any vegetable that basically is like sugar in a vegetable form, I'm into it. Like corn, carrots, all of that. I'm like, yeah, mm, nature's candy. <laughs> Don't love a corn either, except for on really? the cob. On the cob. But like, if you ever, if I find like pieces of corn in my anything, it's not, it's not going to be a good day. Really? No, not into it. No. Nope. Oh my nope, god. Nope, nope, nope. Don't like sugary vegetables. No. <laughs> I find it so every once in a while I find it fascinating when you meet someone who is very I think naturally thin and just very naturally in, an intuitive eater, which I think is you, and I'm like, what is this world like? <laughs> I find it so fascinating. <laughs> like ask me anything. You know, cuz like <laughs> I mean, I pretty much like everything. I pretty much eat everything, you know, and like and I do love corn so much that I'm like, really? But I find that the specificity of, of palate and, and all of that fascinating. Like Quite particular. You are quite particular. And I think like, like I never have an issue with it, but like, I think it's weird when people get upset and are I like, know. what is it like not to be like this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be any other way. Well, isn't it weird too? The idea that like that you have preferences would be shocking that people are like, what? Well, when I was in college, that was, you know, all of my friends were like eating subs, you know, and like, (laughs) honestly, that's what makes me laugh about you. It's like, I, the fact that I'm like not too far away from being a raccoon and (laughs) so I laugh some, I kid you not. Or like when I was like making dinner, I was like heating up like the grossest queso. And I just laugh thinking about our partnership and like how different we are in certain respects. And I do think about that. Like I think about like when exactly you in college and everyone's like Doritos and you're like, are they organic? You know, like, like, um, (laughs) or people be ordering Chinese food at three in the morning and I'd, I'd be drunk and I'm like, no, thanks. I'm good. I'll just like nibble on pizza crust I, I don't have weird food <laughs> issues food issues like I I don't think anyway but I've been very specific about and particular about my food for a long time because number one I'm very privileged in that I've been had access to organic food since I was a little kid so that's really all I, that I know but I do acknowledge that that's a a major privilege been thinking about that a lot, especially with avoidance, which is what, oops, cat's out of the bag. Cat's that's out of the bag. Well, that's I mean, what we're talking about today. It's also in the episode title, so. Oh, I- wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I think every episode is a surprise, apparently. I mean, that's hilarious because every time I'm like waiting for you to say it. And really, everybody already knows. That's, fu- I, you know, it's funny because I think of it from a... I guess like a show flow perspective of like generally when you say is then I know we've moved from chit chat (laughs) into the meat of it. But when I was looking up avoidance for us and I do have definitions, something that occurred to me that um, I think it's 
you know, kind of hilarious. It took 16 episodes for, I mean, I guess we were doing this anyway, for me to be like, I not only want to look up what it is, I want to look up and read about why we do it. So I have that for us as Mm. well. Because that's something you and I talk about, you know, off mic a lot is like what we learned from doing this and how we're like, Oh, from avoiding or the podcast? No, from doing the the, the pod, <laughs> doing the pod. Yeah, got it. That just in general, we're like how much, you know, we learn. And I feel like something I didn't realize I was starting to, th- to think about, but was, was that like, I think something that doing this has really emphasized to me is like, kind of, there are no accidents. Like you, you're not doing anything for no reason. You know, that generally it is in response to something. So with avoidance, it was like the perfect one that it's like, oh, yeah, there's a clear relationship as to if you're avoiding why you're doing it. So avoidance is defined as a noun, the action of keeping away from or not doing something. One third of cancer deaths could be prevented by avoidance of smoking. Interesting example. Yeah, don't love it. Me because either. I don't also don't love the whole narrative that like if someone smoked or did something like them having cancer is cool. And if they didn't, then it's tragic. It's like that sucks. Cancer sucks. So let's keep that out of examples. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Law, the action of repudiating, nullifying, or rendering void a decree or contract. Insurance underwriters could not rely on non disclosure to justify avoidance of the contract. Okay. Oh my God, I just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Psychologically, and this is from Psychology tools.com, which I just want to shout out and say if therapy feels tricky or like you don't have access or you can't afford it, which I understand a lot of my income goes to to therapy. I was impressed by the tool. So psychologytools.com seems to be a website where you can both like learn about psychological things and they have a lot of tools. They have a lot of like worksheets. They have a lot of things about anxiety. I didn't you know, I only read things. I didn't go behind. They have a paywall. I didn't go behind it. Or, and they have all these courses. But I was actually sort of sec- like encouraged by it as a resource and felt like something that people should know more about. But anyway, nice. I love that. Yeah. Like it was like very cool in these worksheets they give about like, okay, like we've identified this is what's going on. Here are some things you can do like in tracking that so you can stay present. And like, I was very non-judgmental, very non, it felt navigable if you were doing it on your own with support, you know, that like maybe um, it might be a tool for some people to investigate. So psychologically speaking, avoidance is defined as a safety seeking behavior. And so what does that mean? Safety seeking behaviors are a response to a feared catastrophe. In situations that are perceived as dangerous, people naturally act to keep themselves safe and in parentheses and even have automatic evolved responses to promote safety, think fight or flight. Unfortunately, while safety behaviors can lead to a feeling of relief in the short term and are thus reinforced, they have the effects of reinforcing beliefs about threat, lead to beliefs going unchallenged, or lead to other unintended consequences. 
Avoidance and escape refer to behaviors where people either do not enter a situation, avoidance, or leave situations after they have entered escape. Distraction is considered to be a subtle form of avoidance behavior. Stop calling me out like that. Psychologytools.com. I was like, we're almost out. Nope. Distraction. Yeah. Almost free and clear. Nope. (laughs) Avoidance and escape are natural mechanisms for coping with many kinds of pain and trauma. When used as a part of a repertoire of other coping mechanisms, escape and avoidance can be considered adaptive. However, they are considered problematic when used too frequently or when they are used to the exclusion of other strategies. And then just something I found interesting and wanted to add from verywellmind.com that also had a lot of, if you, if you are someone who finds that you are dealing with avoidance and that that's something that you feel like it's kind of cropping up in your life as someone who also deals with avoidance, I found very well mind also had a lot of resources as well, but they said, Avoidance behaviors and escape coping is a maladaptive form of coping in which a person changes their behavior to avoid thinking about feeling or doing difficult things. In the long run, an avoidance coping response to stress tends to exacerbate anxiety rather than alleviate it. Mm. I had copied that because they were saying how avoidance has such a tricky relationship with anxiety. Totally. And that they were like avoidance can help a lot. Like when you're first sort of realizing you have anxiety and you're grappling with anxiety and you're learning tools to like retrain your mind, that avoidance is like a really helpful one, you know, that you go, just don't think about it, you know, like redirect your mind. If you're worried about flying, try not to think about flying, da, 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 da. They're like, the problem is though, is like you did never test it. You don't come up with a plan. Like, is it realistic to think you will never be on a plane, you know, and they're like, then you don't reinforce and learn more positive behaviors and and coping strategies of like, well, what if I tried like, you know, acupuncture before I get on a flight? So I'm more relaxed. Or what if I talk to, you know, a psychiatrist and get, you know, maybe Xanax for that or whatever, you know, that it's like, instead it just become, you just go in a loop. And something I thought was also interesting that I read somewhere was that procrastination, rumination, and there was one more are also forms of avoidance, which I thought if you had said to me, avoid it, like rumination is a form of avoidance, I would have been like, I don't know, like maybe, you know, like I wouldn't think that much about it, you know, like I would have been like, okay, you know, and, but then, oh, passive, yeah, procrastination, passive aggressiveness and Mm. ruminations, rumination are examples of unhelpful coping mechanisms that we may consciously or consciously use to avoid tackling a tough issue or facing thoughts and feelings that are not comfortable. Makes so much sense when you say it. The one that I feel like I would know is procrastination, but the rumination and passive aggressiveness all gives me a lot of peace for, you know, just that little tidbit of knowledge is helpful. Yeah, I felt like, I mean, I'm a deeply avoidant person. And well, you know what? I actually realized through this that I'm not actually as avoidant as I think I am. You know, that I realized what I have thought was avoidance 
was often I didn't know how to ask for more time or ask for what I needed. Were you someone when you were in school, you know, some people had like extra time to take tests. Did you have that? Not until I got into standardized testing, but I, just because if you have learning disabilities, you can ask for it. So I did it just to have it. But I ultimately, I was the person who would race through and then not want to check my work and then like, oh yeah, get things wrong. Cause I had like, you know, miss something or whatever. So I was the other way. It just makes me think of like being a kid and avoiding even that asking for help or asking for more time if you weren't, if that wasn't provided for you or people didn't think you needed it. It's just such an interesting thing how these small, little, seemingly little things add up to much bigger and, you know, more like deeper issues as we grow older, you know, it's just, I feel like I used to procrastinate. I know I used to procrastinate so much as a kid and so much as a young adult. And then I I couldn't do that when I got into the work world, especially not in entertainment or fashion, you would be fired (laughs) or just cut. Yeah. And so I had to like go into like super mode, but then I transferred that to avoidance in, you know, avoiding my emotional well-being or deep-seated fears or anxiety. And, <laughs> you know, Oh, you didn't want to jazz. do a casual pass on your deep-seated fears? No, no it was just like wasn't on my list. I was just really fucking busy. <laughs> but it's just, it it's the same, you know, it's, it's different, but it's, it's so similar. And I just look back at all these versions of myself and I have so much empathy now where I didn't, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe even, but oh my God, like that little girl who hated school, who just really needed a different type of approach, different, you know, teachers. I mean, I don't know if I was tested, I probably would have tested in for a learning disability, I would think. I mean, I don't want to throw that around, but I would I would say that that was, would be pretty I mean, likely. Yeah. As someone who works with you and is very familiar with them, I would say so. I think everybody has them, to be honest. Wait, why I do think, you think I have one? <laughs> I think because I think the way you think and the way you want to approach work, like... I think you struggle with with going between a bunch of different mindsets, which I don't know is necessarily a bad thing, you know, but I think you're very like literal, like what's here, what's like what right now, you know, like which is why I think we complement each other. But that's also anytime something like as it was explained to me is anytime people are like can only really work one way is often because it's they've they've adapted to suit their brain and if you have to adapt hmm. to suit your brain it's often because you're like you're outside what's considered normal you know so that I mean that's just some of it for me like I mean I, but I'm again someone who paints with a very liberal brush and I also <laughs> think that everybody with a strong areas placement has a form of ADD so yeah, I, I also think attention span wise. Yeah, my attention span is is quite short. I mean, 
when I'm doing something that I really love and enjoy. But see, I think it's a way that I avoid too. I mean, I've tried to be more flexible, but it overwhelms me to be, it's so interesting that you think I'm literal. I don't think I've ever thought that of myself. Well, yeah. Well, cause if it, it, it'll be funny, like Nina and I have a biweekly like production meeting about what's going on and what we're doing. And I think, yeah, I've seen that where you get overwhelmed, like that if it's, you have a window of what you can kind of focus on, I think, which yeah. I don't think that's necessarily like, I'm putting no meaning behind that. It's an observation of someone trying to also like, you know, to work with you and not, it doesn't help me if I'm overwhelming you, you know? So it's something that I've noticed and been like, oh, and I've also learned like to prevent that overwhelm. Sometimes it's on me to also be clear of like where I think something fits into things of like, I'm not shifting priority. I think you're, you're very focused on priority. And so, which yeah, is, makes that, sense, you know? Totally. I think that it's it's just so interesting to see yourself, you know, in someone else's, through someone else's eyes. That's very true. I think that's something that I have prioritized. I've prioritized things in a certain way because I found that I would avoid things or procrastinate on things if I felt like I didn't have like a clear kind of vision or understanding of of like the purpose or where it was going or why it was going there. And if I have a lot of looming things or things that I can't connect the dots on, I it does overwhelm me. So that's so interesting because I felt like I was just like, that was me in, inside my brain and nobody else knew that. No, <laughs> but I'm also, I find it interesting. You know what I mean? So I don't know if someone else would necessarily notice it, you know, like we're very close, Anna. It's true. I do think that that's also people get caught up in like, you know, like I think it's interesting when we say things like work style, like priority and everything. It's like everybody thinks theirs is universal. You know, like Mm -hmm. you and I could write down what we think is like priority for soul right now. And I bet I bet 90 percent of it would match. And yet we would both have 10 percent that we think is different in terms of priority, you know, like would be our personal priority probably for it that I think like that's the thing is I'm getting older that I'm surprised that I'm willing to swim a little bit more into like and let go of that and realize like it's like things can be individualistic and I think I don't know if it's a if it's a reaction to Trump or like the pandemic or what but I went for a while I felt like a little grossed out by all the individualism and all the binaries and all of this stuff that I was like, Oh my God, you know, cause it just didn't feel like it was going anywhere positive or helpful. You know, it's like on the one hand, we're saying everybody has these individual rights, but we're ignoring the fact that we live in communities. Like I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then being like, well, I'm this, well, I'm that. And like, it felt like everybody's getting more entrenched and just debating and things like that. That when I started to be like, oh, we can all define things a different way. (laughs) And it's like all these roads kept, but you know, and it's funny. I was like, I guess about a year or two ago, there was something that went down with a dude. And I was like, I'm so fed up with these fucking avoidant dudes. And then I was like, if you, if you want clarity, you have to be clear. 
And I realized, and that made me start looking at where I'm avoidant and start looking at like all the different ways. And it was interesting kind of coming back to it after I'd been like kind of focused on it in my personal life for a little bit, seeing this complex web that it sort of fits under and the different reasons like why you would be doing stuff that like something I've been thinking about a lot is like, it's like truth and reality. And like, I think I have this false belief that I think we can all get on a like mutually agreed upon like truth or reality. And I don't think that that's possible. And I think the more I let go of that, the easier my life gets in the sense of just sort of going like, Oh, this is true. Like for them, or this is da, 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 or da, 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 da. And I had a friend call me out and she was like, I feel like you're being avoided. And, and I said, I don't know that I am. I think sometimes you don't like when I tell you no. And that was interesting to me as well of like, I think I get sensitive sometimes that people think that I am being avoidant, but like, I also think they're sometimes bad at hearing me. Mm. Like when you say no directly or you don't engage with the conversation or... This was about hanging out and I'm not the best person if you always ask about a late, like a last minute hang, you know? And she was like, like, you never say yes. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not the best for a last minute hang. Like, I'm a pretty scheduled person, you know, like our best shot at actually getting to hang out would be to plan it. And she would be like, cool, cool, cool. And then like, we'd never do it. And then we'd get mad. And I was like, this feels like both of us, like you're not listening to me. You don't want to change the way you're socializing, which is fine. Why would you change that for me? But like, if you want to see me, I'm telling you the pathway to that and you're ignoring it. So I don't know that that's me being avoidant when I'm Mm. just like, no, you know, like on a random Thursday at like seven o'clock. Hey, want to grab dinner? It's like, no, I no. don't. <laughs> oh my God, that's so intrusive. <laughs> yeah, like I don't like, I'm, you know, at 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Hey, I'm in your neighborhood. Want to grab a drink? No, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to be that person who's like, oh, my God, girl, let me just, you know, throw on some lipstick and I'll be there. But I'm not. I'm just not, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was in my like 20s, maybe. But yeah, definitely not. No. I feel like I'm avoidant less, but in different ways. Like I, I would love to be the person who, when Milo goes to sleep, I can find a better balance of doing something for myself that doesn't involve being horizontal, <laughs> like ch- kind of checked out. Like I'm so tired at the end of the day that I often feel guilty or like I'm being avoidant when I don't, you know, like listen to an audiobook. I was in a good spell there for a bit where I'd be listening to audiobooks or I mean I can't really I mean I could. I could go downstairs and read or whatever, but I don't want to. And I I kind of have this dialogue with myself of is there something you don't want to see or be in relationship with. And then I'm like, no, you're just fucking tired. It's okay. But I do feel like I'm watching too much TV. And that for me is something I'm really sensitive about because I feel Mm. like people are so judgmental about it. Yes. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Thank you. 
Thank you. And I grew up, my dad was a TV critic and we watched so much TV, but I was also outside all the time. I had a really good balance. I mean, I also grew up, we grew up, you know, when it was okay to walk around your neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> and now it's not. So I felt always like I had this wonderful balance of, of indoor, outdoor, whatever. And I loved TV and I loved, it was an art, you know, to me and my family and that's how we perceived it. So when I grew up and people were like, oh no, we don't have a TV, you know, especially like the super kind of granola people. And I'm like, well, that's nice. I mean, or my child doesn't watch. I'm like, my kid has an iPad. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yep. That happened. So I just feel like there are times when I have to check myself. Am I being avoidant or am I escaping or am I doing something that just isn't like seen as acceptable to a certain person or people. Mm. And then I'm internalizing that as a negative behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you absolutely are. I mean, cause I know how you spend your time. I've seen it. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> You're up at six o'clock in the morning. It has to be like party time crazy for you to get to sleep until like eight. Cause you know, Milo's out. You have sessions starting at 8am, which I think is fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you're up and with it, have had your breakfast. Like, I'm I'm impressed. That, I mean, in, in you and Hui switch off with, you know, childcare and doing homeschool and, like, all of that. Like, I've been there. Your life is a fucking sprint until 7 p.m. and Milo goes to bed. If you're, I mean, I got into bed. And was like, I don't know that I've ever been so tired. You know, oh, you must have been really. I was so tired. Oh my God. <laughs> it wasn't Friday. It was Saturday. I got into bed Saturday and was like, oh my God, they do this every day. They do this every day. You know, and it's not, I think it was, you know, oh, it was interesting. I meant to tell you this. I found some parent on Instagram. My Instagram algorithm has gone bonkers and it's now like, it's, it's like giant families in Utah and like teen moms. It's like, I'm like, who do you think I am? Like, and it was funny though. It was a mom that has learning disabilities and ADD. And she was like, was listing these things that I've talked to you about of like, do you ever get tired of this? And it related to being overstimulated as a parent, that it was a form of like where these things then kind of intersect with parenting. And I was like, Hmm. Oh, that made me, it made me feel so much better because it's like, I don't not like kids. I like kids a lot, but like, I do find it overwhelming and it helped me figure out why it's the sensory overload Mm -hmm. for me. And I was like, Oh, it was one of those crazy things that you and I laugh about, about like the doot, doot, doot pointing. And she was like, do you feel like they're interrupting your thoughts? And I was like, I absolutely do. <laughs> do you feel like, and I was like, oh my God. And she was like, it relates to this and da, 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 da. And I was like, let me go research that. Like, cause it's just some random chick, you know, on Instagram. Like, I don't know that that's my medical authority. And it turns out it's a <laughs> thing. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting, you know? So mm. I feel like if come, you know, when the night falls, the loneliness doesn't call for you. If the escapism does, like, I think that's really fair. And I also want to touch on like, as someone who also absolutely loves TV, loves it. Is it also garbage? Absolutely. Is totally. it also like one of the most like, I think, unifying art mediums there is? Yes. I believe in the power of the lowbrow and the highbrow, you know, like... And I think that people 
who are really smug about not owning TVs forget that that's not a personality. So <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy. No shade. It drives me fucking crazy. You think too. you're a better person because you don't watch TV? Like, you're not like whatever, like, you know, two second, like thrill that gave you at a party to announce like was worth <laughs> it because you're missing a lot That's of how you joy. Get your jollies. Yeah. No. And like, what is anything? What is reading the book? It's all escapism. And I think like yeah. you and I talk a lot about like, you know, like hustle culture and productivity and like all this sort of and capitalism and how much we're like. You know, we want to make a decent living. We want to do work we feel really good about. We want to put work out in the world that we feel like is in aligned with the people we want to be, like things like that. And we, and we want to be paid for it, you know, not a crazy idea. But we don't want to kill ourselves working all the time. We don't want to miss our lives because we're just like working and things like that. And I think that that desire that like now that you have this free time, now that you're technically on Nina time, that you're like not maximizing it enough. Mm. Is directly a part of capitalism. It totally is. It's sick. It's like, you know, I have two businesses. I'm. This is not like my resume, but it's like I have two businesses. (laughs) I'm 36, almost 37 years old. I'm an Aries. I weigh. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's like I have a lot going on, but then I think about too, like, well, my life compared to a single mom, you know, and I do. I feel this guilt, but then I also feel the weight of capitalism in sure. Like I need to be maximizing my time. I need to be like the learning more. I should know, you know, I, I sometimes I get off the phone with you and I'm like, how does she know all these facts? Like she's just an encyclopedia. I get stoned and I read. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, should I be? And I think I've always been really insecure about that because the going back to what the way I was taught or the what I was taught was that I didn't fit the mold of like an intellectual in my school and my in that system so I was labeled as something else you know but I wasn't like an artist in you know elementary school so I was just kind of like a bad kid. So that kind of follows me and even though I've healed a lot of it I think about it like I always have to be bettering myself. And so I actually, even when I'm not being avoidant, I think that I am at times. And it's so sad because I need to be focused on the times where I actually am being avoided. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting you say that because something I, I mean, and we can cut this out if it makes you uncomfortable. No, you can say whatever you want. I've noticed sometimes when you and I need to really sit down and put like thoughts to paper, you're very avoidant. Like what kind of thoughts? If we have to write something, if we have to, if it's going to be like, you need to really sit down and put your thought or Hmm. like uh, when Isabella wanted all our references for the site. And I'm like, that's some kind of resistance she's got. I don't, I don't know. And it's funny when we did Mm -hmm. the thing about knowledge, I was like, oh, there it is that got it, you know, because I would be like more than anything. Like, I think when someone's being avoidant is like, I don't, I don't really care why anyone does anything in a way. I just more don't like not understanding. I, I think- like to be put things, do things in private. And that's my, that's where I've, I have this vivid memory. I did not think this was going to become like an elementary school memory lane, but I have this vivid memory of me being, do you remember the game around the world? Yes. Fucking evil game. 
And I hated math. I'm still really bad at math. And that game haunts me. And (laughs) (laughs) it fucking haunts me. Let the healing begin today. (laughs) Let there be light. Let there be light. (laughs) And so I remember this kid who was like, I mean, he probably went to Harvard like early. He was so incredibly brilliant. And he's like standing up and I'm sitting down or whatever it goes. And I would just like be like, I mean, I can't compete with this, you know, but I I almost was so relieved that he was the person because I, I knew I wasn't going to get any of the answers. And then, you know, I think it goes on and other people come or maybe you're just out the first round, which I always was. But I think that has so much to do with why I avoid doing things in public. Like, and even if it's two people, I like to do work in private and then present it. I don't mm. like to work with people. It's hard. I shouldn't say I don't like it. It's hard for me to like be in the moment with eyes on me or ears and not feel like crushing around the world pressure. <laughs> yeah, I think that I understand that because like I feel a self-consciousness, but I think like... I don't know, like in so many ways, I I feel really lucky that some of that stuff about, I think, like self-expression and the vulnerability that comes with putting things out there, I had to like just get over at such a young age. And I remember I was with my grandmother and I was just sort of like, I, you know, like they're telling me I'm not stupid, but I'm sort of afraid I'm stupid, you know, like I'm a little worried about all this. And I was like eight, you know, and she was like, Anna, she, uh, Anna, let me tell you, you're never going to be the most beautiful girl in the world and you're never going to be the ugliest girl in the world. You're always going to fall somewhere in the middle. So just be you. And I was like, that's somewhat depressing, but also <laughs> liberating, you know, but she was like, there's no way like she's like any room you you enter, just go ahead and assume you're not the smartest and you're not the dumbest. And something about that really liberated me that mm-hmm. I was like, whatever I'm putting out, like whatever thoughts or whatever. And then I think going to art school and having to work in groups and having to be in critique. I mean, I had professors take, you know, photographs that I thought were good, you know, like I wouldn't have put them on a wall otherwise, rip them off, rip them in half. And you're like, wow, okay. Okay. You know, and if you can survive that sort of stuff, like you start to realize like how meaningless people's opinions and all of that is, you know, that like so much of that stuff has been internal for me. And so I think like I can be avoidant when like I haven't worked it out yet, you know, like it's a different way of like when you and I are working out something I'm so annoying to you because I'll be like, what about, and I'm like, that's not it. And you're like, fine, I'll be over here. Like talk to you tomorrow, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, what about, and you're like, you're like, it's bedtime. Bye. You know, but, <laughs> because I'm like, I like, I will feel it, you know, like it'll click into place for me. And I think like, uh, like I have a hard time sometimes like locking in or whatever, but that it's so interesting, like something too, for me, like if I am being avoidant about something, like I don't tend to dress it up or call it something else. I tend to go, yeah, I'm avoiding that. 
and go, why? And nine times out of 10, almost like without a doubt, it's because I'm overwhelmed. And often I've like tried to sort of float it out there as we've discussed on this podcast before, like, don't y'all be like me, be better. Don't float it out to people who are going to be the worst to, to float it by. I have a, I have to do a bunch of stuff to my apartment that I'm very overwhelmed by. Home stuff overwhelms me. I'm very home stuff avoidant. And I mentioned it first to my mom, who's like a home genius, you know, like she's just interiors and homes and she is like, like she'll avoid doing this other stuff, but like has no problems, like calling a million contractors and getting all these bids done and da, 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 and staying the course. And I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. I want no part of it. Like, I'll just, I will go great gardens. I will let a <laughs> raccoon fall through the ceiling <laughs> and be like, I guess you live here now. Like, cause it just overwhelms me. And then a friend of mine who's like done several renovations, has done it in apartments and in homes and da, 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 da. I finally reached out, you know, to them and was like, you know, I have this thing going on in my bathroom. Like, what do you think I'm looking at? Like, what am I, you know? And it was just really helpful one to realize like nobody has it really figured out. Like I felt really what it, my avoidance was stemming from, I feel like a loser that as an adult, as a homeowner, I should know these things. And I had to go like, but you've never been here before. You've never had to like redo your bathroom because of a leak. Like this is new territory, you know? So Mm. Why would you need to be an expert? But avoiding it is now making you feel like shit because you feel like you're living in like not good, you know, like it doesn't feel good. I think I avoid asking for help. Same. I know I I do. It's so bad. I mean, I don't like to say bad, but it's so bad. It's just so frustrating because I'm like, why? What is that? You know, I mean, my husband is like, I'm here to help you, you know, and I really have been challenged in that relationship to be like, I bet you're in a partnership, man. It's okay to ask for help. Right. And he does so much as you've seen for our family. And I'm very, and with a smile, like oh yeah, ways like should teach classes on how to be like a really cool ass dude because, I know. He's and amazing. husband, because he, I felt like after I had, obviously you've talked about it. Like, I didn't feel like I didn't know why, but after meeting him and seeing y'all in action, I was like, I'm changed. Like I have a new faith, you know, right? of like, doesn't he restore your faith. He in does. He fully does. Like really absolutely does. when I say that does. to people, I don't like to talk about him a lot because I don't want to be that person. Who's like, Oh my God, my husband is so amazing because it's, you know, there's a lot of shitty it. dudes out there and like, yeah. it just feels like well, a little bit much. Also, a lot of the women saying that are talking about men who look and act like thumbs, you know? So <laughs> I think it's I also I, warn me so I can remove myself from the mic so I don't cackle into it. It looked like thumbs. It's so accurate. What why do all the guys I went to high school with look like thumbs? It's unbelievable. I, just, I mean, and after like, like year five, I was they're like, like he what? changed one diaper three years ago. Oh my ago. god, he's amazing! And I'm like, and I they all really like sit around think and the laugh bar. about it, which yes. is so sad. And like, yeah. that's such something about our culture. Speaking of avoidance, that drives me fucking crazy. Is that whether I was thinking about this was while I was driving today? You know, like we we were driving back from getting coffee, and I left my house today. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of not avoiding something, and. 
there was a man in the street who was obviously suffering some sort of mental health issue and he what he wouldn't get out of the middle of the street and i was like this is not good and mm. he didn't even notice that i was driving by him which i was scared to do but i had to do and then i looked back and he was just standing in the middle of the street and Ugh. yeah and i was just thinking to myself like the visceral feeling I had in my body was fear, to be honest. Like I had my kid in the back. I am really, I really don't trust human beings right now for many reasons. And I'm, and I want to not instill that in my child, but I also want him to be aware of his surroundings, et cetera. But I was just thinking like how much we avoid that type of scenario or that truth. And it's like, I said to Milo very purposefully, I was like, that man is suffering from a mental health issue. And it's really important that you're aware of your surroundings as you grow up, but also that you understand that those people need help, right? And we all need help. And I wanted him to know that from the minute he saw something like that. And I want to keep speaking to him about that because I don't want him to avoid people like that. And I remember being a young kid in San Francisco when I was for, it was the first time I was there and the homeless population was, you know, it still is like a huge, huge issue yeah. and unhoused people. And we went to this really fancy restaurant and I was probably, I don't know, six or so. And I asked the waiter for pen and paper and I didn't, I refused to eat. And I started writing notes to people about people who didn't have homes on the street and asking them to help them and asking them to look at them. And I went out on the streets of San Francisco and handed them out to people, I to strangers. It. And my mom was obviously very proud. But I remember being, I remember just like, why are these people walking by? Why are they not acknowledging these humans? This is awful. And it was the, it was the first memory I have of watching people just avoid a human. And it's really sad that that's how distant we are from ourselves and community and truth, but something that way has taught me and, you know, really instills in our family is like that man is a gentle, kind creature to every fucking person he meets. Everyone. He looks people right in the eyes. He's not scared. He doesn't judge. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. (laughs) I've gotten so far away from that. Like, how do I get back, you know? Like, I'm scared if a guy drives down our driveway to help us with something. Frankly, if he's in pickup truck, I'm like, he has a gun. I'm scared. He has a gun. And we will go out there and talk to him. And, you know, part of that, I think, is being a woman and just being concerned about being, I don't like to be around men that I don't know. I don't like to be around men that I do know. (laughs) Yeah. And, but it's all of these things have just been swirling around about avoidance, you know, and how that really then separates me, though, from getting to know maybe someone or something or having my ideas challenged. And we need that for growth. I think something like I hadn't, it's weird because I've talked about it in therapy and like stuff is like often if I'm afraid of something, I run right to it. I I do because I don't, I don't like things to have power over me. You know, like you're really good at that. Well, it's just like I I was like laughing with a friend yesterday. I was like my natural fucking arrogance, thankfully, protects me in that sense of I'm like, uh, -uh." like you're not going to like and I'm really grateful for it. It's a part of myself I've never really understood and been like, 
God, this again, Anna? I'm like, my God, we're scared of it. Like, why are we going to it? You know? But I was like, but then it's over. Then I'm not scared of it anymore. Then I've taken its power away. And when I was reading about the stuff about avoidance and talking about like a little bit of that tricky relationship it has with anxiety, it made so much sense to me because it's like, it, it makes sense to me. You've said to yourself as a shortcut and a way to like, you know, protect tend to myself. yourself and protect yourself. Like people in, in trucks are bad, you yeah. know, like that's that shortcut, but it's like, I don't really think re- that by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know, but then it's like it, then, but then it creates this whole problem where that you're like, well, I know that's not really true, but now I've like, planted this thing where now I'm afraid, you know, like, yeah, it almost becomes like Pavlovian about whatever you are trying to avoid. And I was like, wow, this is interesting reading this stuff. Like something that's like about doing intuitive work, being in tarot, like all of that is the constant reminder of like, you lose sight, I think of what's right or wrong. And you become much more invested in what's right or wrong for you, you know, of like, you know, you start like sort of letting go of these, like some of the labels and, and cliches and you start kind of going, I don't know about, I'm unclear about what's universal, what's personal, you know, and you start kind of going, if I'm going to listen to my intuition, that has to be like kind of my internal source, you know? So it was interesting, this thing that I've, I've always been that way of like, oh, I'm afraid of it. Let me do it. Let me find out about it. Let me research it. Let me talk to someone who's an expert in it. You know, like, let me confront it. I was like, that's a cool thing as someone who does grapple with anxiety. I'm like, that's a nice thing that I, I'm glad I intuitively did that and honored it in myself, you know, like, cause I do think that it's helped me, but I do also see how it's a choice. And that's not to say when something is obviously touching something more emotional for me or probably trauma related. I can't wait to discuss this episode with my therapist this week. <laughs> she's going to be pumped, you know, like as someone who just got a check for me and I owed her a lot of money, she's going to be like, yes, I would love to discuss your avoidance. <laughs> but because I think for me, avoidance too, and I know we want to start wrapping up, but like self-care and like, mm. that's what I think is so interesting. Like, I think some of your avoidance, like, can be more maybe like trusting your, like your own intellect or whatever. And my avoidance is often like self-care, which I think you're so masterful at. And like, it's so funny how these things I don't think you and I are that dissimilar or our values or how we sort of go through things. No. And it's and even our histories. We even have, I mean, like we don't want to brag, but we also have like share trauma. But, um, <laughs> so I think it's like, so the friend forever. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make best friend necklaces at our hearts that say share trauma, yeah, just trauma, uh, <laughs> but, but ripped in half. <laughs> you get the TR. <laughs> And a trauma bond. Oh, God. That it's like fascinating to me all these different ways that, like, you know, as an outsider, like, you might think, like, oh, I think Nina's doing this, or you think, oh, I think Anna's doing this, but it's like, it's avoidance. It's just showing up in this different way as it relates to us personally, you know, like, it's so fascinating to me. And it changes. Like, I used Mm. to be avoidant of self care and I used to run toward things that scared me. And then I, flip-flopped. Yeah. And honestly, when I had a kid was when I started becoming very fearful of 
things. It was it was the intersection of Trump and having a kid during that time that and moving from Mexico to the United States back to the United States that I was like, boom, I was just in this cocoon of like, this is where it's safe. It's not safe out there. And that I'm really trying to move away from because I used to do whatever I wanted. And I had no fear. You know, I had anxiety, a lot of it. Yeah. But I <laughs> lots and lots. Oh, come on. Again, I'm sorry to brag. I keep doing this. But <laughs> panic attacks up the ass. And But I just, I've this like evolved in, in so many ways and then feel like I've regressed in, like I said to Way the other day, I'm like, I jumped out of a plane. Like, what the fuck? Stoned. Like, I was, what was I thinking? I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I, you know, decided to go skydiving like an asshole. But I also am like, I would never do that at this point in my life. Like, never. I mean, I think kids, I mean, I don't know if y'all have heard, but kids change a lot. I mean, I think kids absolutely change that. You know, you're like, I'm not just making these decisions for me. I'm, there's someone else involved. I'm curious though, and not to go back to what you were, you know, I'm curious because I think you, I've seen you and Huey interact and I feel like you do ask him for help, but it's obviously it's more related to like household child care. You know, you're like, can you do this? Or I'm going to do that. What do you think you struggle to ask for help with? When I feel emotionally like, okay, this is very vulnerable. So I'm just going to put it out there. But the other day I was like, I've, I've struggled with depression my entire life and I'm somebody that rides those waves and knows how to do that. And, you know, have learned like what works for me and what doesn't and know when I need to reach out for support, like for professional blah, blah. But it's very hard for me to ask for emotional support from anyone that's not like that I'm not paying. And he's, like he knows everything about me. Right. But he also, I also feel like sometimes I, it's really hard for me to be like, I'm, I'm not doing well. Like I was really overwhelmed last week. I felt just mentally so exhausted and the world was just kind of getting me down. And I was feeling like hopeless about the state of things. And I just felt pretty depressed. And, but I don't really, I, I always, want to be aware, right? Because I'm someone where growing up, my dad was, would be like crying in the other room when my parents were getting divorced and it made a real like mark on me. And I don't think it was, parts of it were positive because I got to see like a male figure who wasn't just like, you know, like sack of weights, just like, Hey, good to me too like yeah he was but he was so at least emotional he was acknowledging emo- like at least he was acknowledging emotions but yeah. i imagine as a child that that didn't, to- you weren't like oh like you must not have felt like you had that support yeah like exactly a, you and know so my mom would get angry and like i didn't feel like i could ask her for help necessarily because i didn't want to like her to be even more overwhelmed and my dad didn't seem to be doing so hot. So I, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, dad. Yeah. So I did it all myself and I, yes, I'm very familiar with this. That's what I learned. And that's what I've been desperately trying to unravel. And so I stop myself in those moments and I tell him like, it's hard for me to ask you for help, but like, I'm not doing well. And just saying that, like, 
you know, he knows me and he knows what helps me. And when I get quiet, that's my thing. Like I just, and, and I, we talked too about this, which I think is important to know here. I said for a lot of people throughout my entire life, if you asked like a thousand people that I've known, if they think I struggle from depression, I would say that 80% of them would say no. Yeah. And that is the way that, you know, we can look a certain way or present a certain way. And that's not necessarily how we're feeling. And I've become really, you know, good at that for whether that's healthy or not at regulating myself, but not emoting that way. So I'm, that's something I'm really trying not to avoid is saying, hi, I'm having a really bad day or I'm struggling or I'm scared. That's something I keep inside a lot. I'm scared. I am scared. You guys, it's fucking scary out there. That's why I'm so good at self-care because I'm terrified. And if I don't take care of myself, I will not be the person I want to be. And I want to show up for my kid and my friends and my work. And so that's what I have to do to be that way. Yeah. And I also think even if doing all those things, even like you can't self-care your way out of clinical depression. Uh-uh. If there's people out there like, no, no, I was not suggesting that. No, no, I'm not saying you are, but I just, I know you agree with me. So it's why yeah, I want no, to reiterate please, thank it. You. Thank that you for saying people, that. Yeah. That I just face mask it away. Yeah. Just face mask it away. But I think also like, especially as it relates to avoidance, like I think it's something that it's worth paying attention to, to know your own signs. And that I know for me, if I start being very avoidant and then I, if I start to get a little apathetic, I'm depressed. I've entered, that's when I go, Oh, things are not well. And that's okay. Like, I know it doesn't feel good. I know none of us are like, oh, I love it when I'm depressed, you know, or whatever. Or even if you're just a little down or you're just a little like, I think all of us, it's natural. I think it's okay to want to power down sometimes. I think it's okay to want to avoid things sometimes. You know, I think it's knowing for yourself, when is it like you're giving yourself some space or time or stillness, you know, that you're just taking a step back. Like I'm not answering, I'm avoiding that email because I want to get clear about what I want to say or, you know, versus when is it you're doing it because you don't feel equipped to deal with it Mm -hmm. or the emotions it brings up are overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I would always advocate when you feel that way, speak to the person that feels safest to you to just be like, like you said, like, I'm not doing good. You know, like you don't, it doesn't need to be that dressed up. It doesn't need to be that fancy. For me, it was reaching out to my friend and being like, you seem to know how to be an adult as it relates to homes. Can you help me? You know, and she's like, of course, let's help on the phone. You know, like speak to someone who feels safe to you to be like, I'm avoiding doing this. Like, what do you think I should do or or help or whatever? You might be surprised. I think most of like, it was interesting for me to read how much avoidance is about not wanting to feel certain things, which duh, that's everything. But it really reinforced to me how much if you are feeling really plagued by avoidance or like it's really hampering your life, look for the support, you know, that maybe 
asking yourself, why am I avoiding this? You know, like start going down that list of questioning and without judgment or shame, there's a reason you're avoiding it. So like, let's try to crack that and then figure out who would be the proper support for the discomfort you feel around what you're avoiding. Amen. I think that's a great place to bid you farewell. Good friends. (laughs) Thank you for coming on this elementary school journey with me. (laughs) I will not be available for around the world ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was about to say. We will never make you play around the world. I will not be available for around the world ever. (laughs) Bye. Good day. That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus. <laughs>